Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I'm John Ledyard from thedraftnetwork.com, along with Trevor Sikama, also from thedraftnetwork.com. Ben Solak has been fired. I feel like... <laughs> I feel like I waited a whole week to say that once I yeah. said it last Monday, you know, and then you Yo, he didn't just for say yesterday's it pod and then I had to wait another day to say it and it just was building up. Could you Sorry. tell? Sorry. Sorry to take that away from you. No, it's okay. I did. It's okay. It's okay. But it's good to be back. It is. Good to be, it's good. It's good to have the dynamic duo back. I think, was that the longest you and I have ever gone like without talking to each other over the last two years? I mean, yes. And it was funny because Britt was like, this is this is probably really difficult for you. And I was like, what? And she was like, no, I mean, not being on that podcast. I mean, not, not, not being on the podcast. You haven't talked to Trevor. For, I'm like, yeah, I mean, I guess that is true. <laughs> I didn't really think about it that way, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely, uh, definitely hasn't happened for a very long time. Uh, it was not really a refreshing vacation. I was telling Ben yesterday in some ways, because it, when you go to Disney with a two year old, well, you've been, you've been right. I've been to Disney. Yes. Okay, Never yeah. with a two year old. Never right. had a two year old. Thank God. Wow. Okay. Uh, but I didn't know the big no, news but, on the pod, but <laughs> no kids. Wow. No surprise oh. kids. So. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, good for you. I've been to Disney world though. As a two year old or no? Uh, older. yeah, probably. Okay. And older. Yeah. I've been, I've been back since I was two years old. Yeah, I have actually. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, you know, it is, it's craziness. Uh, and when yes. you do it, when you're down there for a week and we went three times while we were down there and whew, I mean, let me tell you, Kaylee, my daughter is a rock star. I mean, she was just a champ the whole week. Like loved everything. Didn't no meltdowns, no nothing like slept well, ate well. Like she was, a, <laughs> she was as good as you can. I mean to have, and she turned to while we were there to have a two year old that was that good there and still be just completely tanked, dude. I was passing out at 1030. Like, you know me, I'm a night owl. Yeah. I mean, every day was just like you collapsed once you put her down for bed. It was, it's a wild experience, Disney, man. I mean, there were some fun things, though. I, there definitely it's, it's some good rides there, and uh, it, was, uh, it was a good time for sure. But glad to be back on the pod. Speaking of wild rides, uh, well, I guess we came back to the pod to talk about maybe the greatest regular season football game of all time. Yeah. I mean, it yep. has to be up there. Yep. I know that sounds no, I like think hyperbole, but I mean like I think it was. I don't know many others. I mean it was that the was highest incredible. It was the highest scoring Monday night football game of all time, and it was what, eight points off the highest NFL game of all time, which by the way, was a blowout. Sure. So, yeah. And what I what I think was most amazing about it is and what makes it this amazing game is that it was this high scoring, what, 54 51 final that obviously our offense was what we've been hyped up and talked about all week. But it wasn't just offense. Like, defense has scored three touchdowns in this game, and there were six turnovers in the game. Um, and we still had a 54 51 final. That was what made it just amazing. I mean, because it was anything, any phase of the game. I mean, Johnny Hacker's punt, a 66 yard punt listen, at the end of the game. Like, listen. People great. who people who follow this podcast know that I think that Big Twelve is fake football. Right. I but. I might have to renounce that. Big Twelve football might actually be the only real football <laughs> left. 
okay? Because a total that one eighty game was nuts. And I, you know what? As I'm watching that game, as I'm watching that game, I'm like, I'm never drafting another defensive player ever. Doesn't matter. <laughs> just doesn't matter. Don't care. Don't they, care. They don't a matter in today's defense, NFL. It's defensive just... <laughs> undrafted free agents. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Just score points. Because okay, to your point right there, it's like hey. These defenses ended up getting the defenses you would have said, like, I guess, played well, right? Like had an yeah. impact on the game. But the score was still 51-54. Here's the craziest numbers, dude. The Chiefs or the Rams had three sacks. Two of them were strip sacks that resulted in touchdowns. One a defensive touchdown, the other a touchdown on that drive. The other, the or the Chiefs had five sacks in the game. They also forced a fumble that they returned for a touchdown on a strip sack. The Rams had three picks of Patrick Mahomes. There were eight sacks and six turnovers in this game. If I told you that, you would think this was a defensive struggle for the ages, and instead, the final score is 54-51. That's what made this game just mind-boggling to me. It was All you gotta do is score. That's it. Yeah, that's all that matters. Defensive players who turn the ball over, force turnovers. I have been so... So so in Tampa Bay, right, it, they have a huge turnover drought right now. I think Tampa Bay is minus 23 in the turnover department, which is on pace to be the worst in NFL history because I believe the worst oh, your was— team, Your team can't throw, like, five interceptions in a game and still win? No, couldn't, couldn't be much. Well, team. not if they get—not <laughs> if they don't get takeaways themselves. Um, I think I think the record is minus 30. I believe it was the 1965 Steelers that had a minus 30 turnover oh, ratio. Wow, okay, I see that low-key shot. That's cool. Um, yeah, dude, it doesn't matter. Your team's good, and Tampa's not. Uh, so they're on pace to break that. And as I've been thinking about it, I've been thinking about the the defensive additions that the Bucks have tried to bring in and kind of the philosophy that they've had, bringing in more physical guys. Um, obviously, they've tried to hit some like outside-the-box kind of dudes who – like Vita Vea, obviously, and 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 even Justin Evans to a degree. But I, the more I think about this, the more I see that the NFL is going to – and this game, this Monday Night Football game, the reason I bring this up is because mon- this Monday Night Football game just put an emphasis on the way that I'm thinking. You've just got to be able to score points. Like you have to have a passing offense. It has to be heavily built through throwing the ball, being able to move the ball quickly, being able to move the ball um, with not many timeouts – score in the red zone, create space where it's tough to do. And then on defense, just just be aggressive. That's it. Just draft guys yeah. who have a knack for turnovers. It doesn't matter. You can or, give up or a impacting the pocket, yeah. You, the the Rams literally gave up almost 600 yards, John. Yep. 600 and they won the game. They won the game. Why? Cuz the only t- cuz when the defense happened to show up, it was based around turnovers. Yep. All you that's that's the recipe for success in today's NFL. You, Passing offense and a defense that's aggressive. Just take your chances on defense. I, I think that, that what you said is so key there because yes, you don't want to base a scouting philosophy or a way to draft off of one game, but I really look across the NFL. What uh, scoring's up completely, right? And all the rules changes are just gonna continue to support yes. that. That's gonna continue to happen. It's gonna be continue to be more and more difficult to get off the field as a defense. I mean how many penalties in this game? Uh, let me see. Uh, and, and I'm telling you, most were defensive. There were 21 penalties in this game. The Rams had 13 yeah. for 135 yards. 
the or the sorry the Chiefs did. The Rams had eight for sixty. I'm telling you right now, Aaron Donald was held six seven times, clear as day holds, and they didn't call it. I mean, it's just it's absolutely ridiculous. Like the you have to give the man the call. Like they can't illegally play him in order to stop him. Like you're you're robbing us of 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 seeing a. I mean, he could have he could have 25 sacks this season if they. I mean, it's just he's unlike anybody else. But I say all this to say. There's just no way defensively. You're not getting a stop unless you create negative plays behind the line of scrimmage or force turnovers. It's just not going to happen. Not against the best teams in the NFL. Sure, you might be able to go out and play like the Raiders or the Cardinals, and you might be able to get away. But when it comes down to the games that matter, right? Ain't nobody talking. About, ain't nobody talking about games that don't matter. Right, and that is that's, why at the end of the day, yeah. that's why I'm I'm. I'm troubled with a team like the Steelers in being in those types of a game, types of games down the stretch. Um, I feel like there are a couple other teams too in the NFL where you're like, okay, who's that? Who's that go-to playmaker? The Panthers are one I uh, ones I feel that way about uh, on defensively. It's like, okay, they're good in situation. They do some good things against the the, the you know the lower end teams that they play, the military teams they play. But I don't know, man. How are they, how are they getting stops when they face one of these guys? Because like the Rams and the Saints and the Panther or in the uh, Patriots. Uh, and and the Chiefs, you always like, have to. You have to. The what you're saying there is also really key because that's also something that I've kind of tried to bring up um, as the Bucks season has been going on. Because you know, in their failures, they talk about, and it's not just the Bucks. Plenty of teams have this conversation. You know, what do you do with your head coach? This, that. Well, if the ball bounces a little bit this way, or they do a little bit this, how do you match up against the teams that are clearly going to not only make the playoffs? But when potentially win the Super Bowl because you're not as much as we want to say like oh week to week league it's just about getting wins here and there it's not just about having a winning season it's not just about being better than eight and eight it's not even just about making the playoffs you have to create a formula for your team that will win you a Super Bowl yep that's it yep that's and the you've mark gotta, you've got to figure out what these other teams are doing and look at what they're doing because you know for I've had people, and this is, you know, a couple of losses ago. So, you know, right around when the Bucks are 3-3, three 3-4, and three, three and whatever they were. And people are kind of making cases for, you know, well, even Jameis Winston. They're talking about Jameis Winston. And I'm like, look, man, do you trust Jameis Winston to win you four games in a row? Because I don't. At no point no. have I ever thought that. Heck no. Yeah. So, like – that has to all go into the consideration of how you're building your team because getting wins here and there sporadically is fine, but you're talking about not only making the playoffs, but surviving the playoffs, getting to the Super Bowl, being able to win it. You have to create a formula, and I truly think that that is the formula that we're seeing now. These incredibly efficient, well-thought-out passing attacks that – have good run compliments with them. Obviously, that's the run game isn't totally unnecessary. Although, if I'm being honest, there wouldn't be a single running back on my roster now after watching that game. Um, I mean, hold, can I, we talk about this for a second? Todd Gurley is basically an MVP candidate. Okay, he's not. The Rams, but yes, good. The Rams have what? He's not. But good. Okay, the Rams. Good talk. <laughs> the Rams have the ball after Peters' interception, not the final interception, the one right before it. Yeah. And they gave the ball to Todd Gurley, John, a grand zero. total of zero times. Zero. Big fat goose zero. egg. Zero. As in none. Zilch. Nothing. Yep. 
12 carries for 55 yards he finished with. That's your MVP? Get out of here. In a game that was the best regular season game of all time, in a game where when the going gets tough, that's what it's going to turn out to be in the playoffs? Get out of here. If they can't impact as a receiver, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, look at Jordan Howard. Fine runner. Can't impact I'm going to take Ryan Switzer totally and put him in out. shotgun next to my quarterback, hey, and listen, that's going to be my run. Steelers do that, man. That's a thing. That's I a do real the, thing. The Bucs have done it a couple of times with Adam Humphreys, and I'm like, this is brilliant. This is <laughs> phenomenal. I mean, it, it's it's worked a couple. Have they ever handed it off to Humphreys? Uh, I don't think they've ever handed it uh, off. No. Ryan Switzer has like three carries this season. should try it. He gets like <laughs> four yards a carry, so. Listen, dude, you know? Uh, Hayden Hayden. Uh, no, I agree. Uh, Kareem Hunt, on the other hand. Kareem Hunt in this game. I know you didn't see like the whole thing, but the dude had 70 yards rushing on <laughs> 14 carries, which is you know fine, obviously. And he had three catches for 41 yards and a touchdown. I mean, the dude had 111 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown, and I don't even remember if he played. Yeah. That's how insane this game was. Uh, I do have two questions for you. Okay. That are going to shake up the podcast. But first, this episode is sponsored by Action Heat. Action Heat makes the world's best battery-heated clothing. Heat on demand at the touch of a button. Control your environment with Action Heat. Action Heat clothing is engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panels similar to a heated car seat. They can reach temperatures of up to 135 degrees and are powered by rechargeable 5-volt lithium-ion batteries that last up to 12 hours on each charge. Action Heat batteries can also be used to recharge your phone or any other gadget while you're wearing them. Perfect for any friend or family on your holiday gift list. Great for anyone who works outdoors, skiers, snowboarders, or anybody that loves the outdoors or hates being cold. Action Heat is available in men's and women's and has great new styles and models just released for this winter season. Make winter activities more enjoyable with a blast of warmth. Action Heat is the perfect solution to keep you toasty and warm, even in the most frigid winter weather. We've also got a special deal for our listeners to save 20% off your entire order. Just go to actionheat.com slash locked on to check out everything Action Heat has to offer. That's actionheat.com slash locked on or use the promo code, the coupon code locked on at the checkout to save 20%. Locked on is that coupon code. Stay toasty and warm while you enjoy all your outdoor activities this winter with Action Heat. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Might have to get Brit some of that Action Heat clothing. That sounds, she, she would, she'd be down with that. I yeah, mean, by the way, by the way, I survived the cold this weekend in New York. Thanks for yeah, asking. Yeah, you should have used, you could have used some Action Heat, huh? Yeah, it could have. Well, how cold did it get? Uh, It was like in the low 40s basically the whole time. It was weird. Like high- While you were there, I was, where well, you were flying up cold, uh, uh, where it was cold, I was down in Florida where it was warm and I, for like yeah. a 12 hour overlap maybe and felt really good i'm not gonna lie felt good to be that that guy but then i returned and my driveway was completely covered in snow could barely pull my car in so reality came crashing back in very quickly imagine yeah imagine choosing to live there could not be me uh okay so in this game trevor jared goff patrick mahomes two of unquestionably the best quarterbacks in the nfl i think at this point Mm-hmm. maybe the best two young quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts on that. Are they the best two young quarterbacks in the NFL? And which one would you take? And I know that that may be an answer that evolves over time. I'm not going to wow. hold you to it forever. Um, I'm trying to think of like, who would, who would, who else would you consider like 
a young quarterback, like who else would be in a conversation with them? Uh, I mean, Wentz, obviously, Watson, okay. Trubisky, okay. Uh, uh, Rosen, Mayfield. Obviously I would say that these them. two are the are the best, and then Wentz would be next. I would say, but I mean, like I would safely take Jared Goff and Patrick Mahomes, which was not always the case. I was really skeptical on Goff. I I did not know if he was going to kind of be the mental assassin that you really need to be as a quarterback, kind of having the cerebral mentality. I looked at him, I saw him, I thought he was a quiet kid, didn't know how he's going to take a leadership role in the NFL. Because, man, it's different. I mean, it's even different when you're, you know, when you're a junior in college and you're a quarterback and maybe you started for a year, you're in your second year, and people know, like, the NFL's calling your name or something, you've got clout in the locker room, right? I mean, it's it's it's... Kids that are 18 to 22 normally, um, you can command that kind of locker room. It's tough to be a young quarterback, like 24, 23 years old, whatever, and you're commanding grown men. Like you've got grown men following you, and I worried about that with Jared Goff. And I mean he's blown that worry out of the water over the last – really probably the last calendar year here. That throw he had down the sideline to Gerald Everett for that oh last – Oh, my gosh, down, what a throw like, that was unbelievable there was, was not an ounce of hesitation in that throw and it was so perfect um yeah he throws yeah, a gorgeous ball his i mean crazy. the ball coming out of his hand is just, it's just gorgeous um, patrick mahomes uh, we've talked about this before the marriage between he and andy reed um them going forward on fourth down you know when it when that fourth down near the end of the game came up and and mahomes was literally like signaling his guys to get back into the huddle. Like we're going for this. And Andy Reid at no point ever questioned it. They were just on the same page. They knew that marriage has has turned Patrick Mahomes into just as good as he possibly could be. Um, If I had to take one right now, I would probably take Jared Goff. And that's crazy for me to say, because I love (sighs) Patrick Mahomes. They're the but best two young quarterbacks in the league. I don't think it's it's, don't. it's so fun to watch them and that yeah. game. That game was as I I literally I was watching the end of the game and I truly felt like for a split second that one of those teams had won like the Super Bowl. The fireworks were going off. McVay was going crazy. The sideline was going crazy, and I was like, they just won something. What I loved was that they just accepted it was a regular season game, but they accepted this was a straight up brawl and like. It wasn't like any other game to them. They could say whatever they want after the game, but it wasn't. I mean, it was it was it meant something more to them, which was cool. I think uh, the players throughout the entire game, just effort all over the place, was was insane. But getting back to the quarterbacks, yeah, I mean, to me, man, I think Patrick Mahomes, he has the ability. He has ability, like even I mean, Goff has an unbelievable arm. I think, but no, Mahomes I mean, Mahomes and is, Mahomes and Rogers have the best arms in the NFL. Yeah, I mean. Mahomes could be a guy that I mean you can see a path for Mahomes where he becomes one of the best quarterbacks ever. I mean oh, I know that's insane to say 100%. now. Yes, I'm not saying if he is currently, but if he gets to stick with the same kind of vibe that Reed's given him now for his entire career, which right. I will preface, likely will not happen. Sure, because Something's there aren't many that do. It's just it's it. There's a reason. I think this why. marriage will be together for a long time, though. I Maybe. Know. Dude, I dude, I know from somebody who covered the Chiefs that Andy Reid literally was about to retire two years ago. Right. And they, they talked him out of it. They said, right. just please, 
finish the season out with us. And then they went on that win streak. I think it was like a five-game win streak. Right. And all of a sudden, they got back to relevancy, and he's been the dude kind of ever since because then I believe it was right after that when Mahomes either was drafted or was getting ready to mold into a starting role, and it's kind of been an easy transition. That's right the to get thing. That. I think that at that point, they were 1-5, and five and he might have been questioning, like, did I have? Well, he Do thought he it? wasn't the guy for the job anymore, right. and he he went to him and said, "I'm not. I'm this. The teams, right. whatever they were, one and five, one and six, whatever." And he said to the GM or the owner, whichever one, he went to him and he's like, "I'm not the right guy for this. I'm clearly not the right guy. Please let somebody else take it over, and you can salvage the season." And they had to convince him to not retire. And then they so, ended up coming back from one of five and making the playoffs that year. I believe. Yes, right, right. So, so I think he's I'm locked with in. you, but. That still gives me a little bit of doubt. I just wonder because I wonder how long he will be in this because Patrick Mahomes' career, I think, is going to go on longer than Andy Reid's coaching career is going to be. So what happens? How long do I do we get Reid and Mahomes? And if after Reid moves on, he'll what be so established at that point. I think it will be hard for me to say. I, I sure hope. Yeah, I would hope. Now, here's the thing. Patrick Mahomes is going to take some chances, so you're going to have some, I mean, three picks in this game. He definitely will win it around turnovers. a little bit. Yeah, so, I mean. He had six scores and five turnovers. People right. forget this. Right. I mean, it's that was just a nuts game. Um, I, I think I would take golf as well right now, but, man, I mean, it's just it's hard to know, like, how. Like, Patrick Mahomes has already grown so much. If I were a betting man, I would be like, okay, let's just go with Mahomes. Like, he's grown so much. Like, I think he can, I just think he can get to a point that, um, is I mean I think he could be the best quarterback in the NFL when we get Breeze and Brady retiring in the next couple of years Ben and some of those other guys like I mean I I I really think that kind of ceiling is there for Patrick Mahomes I don't I don't think that's even a hot take to say but I he could be special and and I think Goff could be special too like I don't think he necessarily I don't know whether he'll get the because Mahomes makes so many like wow throws Goff makes a ton of wild throws too. Mahomes will just make them ninety-five yards in the air, throwing, you know, falling down or you know, across his ball. Just you know what I mean? Like somehow, as wow factor as Goff has, Mahomes like trumps that, um, which makes it a really tough comparison in some ways. I think. Um, okay, so the Josh Reynolds breakout game—that's the last thing I wanted to touch on. He looked awesome. He was straight up awesome in this game. Let me tell you who wasn't shocked. Yeah. Awesome. Your boy. <laughs> yes. Agreed. Your boy. I mean, he, Josh Reynolds is awesome, he, man. He's good. And exactly. And go watch for everybody who hasn't watched Josh Reynolds. Go watch his A&M highlights. Yeah. Dude. He's great. so legit. He's so legit. He looks like he's filled out his frame. He looks like he's a much more confident and smart route runner to all levels of the field. Cause at A&M, he did kind of have some linear stuff with his patterns. And I, I just think he, Vast improvement still. I knew he was kind of a little bit raw coming out, but the ball skills, man, the overall athleticism, I think, really manifesting itself. I think he's going to be really, really good, and it's going to be really hard for them because, I mean, certainly Cooks, Cup, and Woods all stick. I mean, you want to play all those guys. He's in a really odd situation because yeah. I think he's going to have a monster. Was Cup, Cup out for the season? Um. I think. Let me look real quick. But none of those guys. Yeah, like, he, they're he, all that, under that, that that injury looked not good. So, right. All, all those guys are under contract, right? Well, yeah, they're on yeah. the team. Yeah, so he's on. They IR. got they 
They gotta have they gotta have contracts, Sean. They're on the team. Well, I mean, like long. term. They can't be playing without contracts. I mean, long term though. Like that'd be against around. CBA. Oh my gosh, I'm looking right now to see because we have to figure out when this man gets freed, right? When Who? does this man Josh get Reynolds? freed? Yes. Uh, I mean, I know this season rookie, it's gonna he's happen. In his rookie but... deal, so two years. <laughs> two years when he goes to a different team. What do they do if he balls out this season? Like nothing. He's still wide receiver four. Yes, and they play in eleven personnel more than any other team in the league. They never change. He's never going to see the field. This is a no, travesty. no. He's at least, not. At least trade him. They're not going to. They're not going to trade him to anybody else. You know why they're not going to trade him to anybody else? One, because he's on a favorable rookie contract. Two, yeah, because they're watching what happens this year when players go down and they want weapons. Oh right. Yeah, I know they're not. I'm just saying. I wish they would. But now I wish they won't at the same time because I have this belief that he can eventually get out on the field and even over those other guys. But, I mean, these guys are under contract. When Robert Woods is a free agent and – no, Cooper Cup's a free agent. The same year as Reynolds in 2021. Yeah, no, they were drafted drafting the same draft. Man, Woods is under contract forever there. By the way, he's exceptional. He's so good. Wide receiver one, baby. Wide who's in, receiver who's one. In class? New Hopkins. Oh, okay. So you were wrong. Keenan Allen. <laughs> Keenan Allen and I said that I said that on Twitter. I said that on Twitter during the game. I said, wide receiver one, baby. Was it wrong? Hell yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> but but it does it look better now? Absolutely. He's good, man. He's really good. He's probably top twenty wide receiver in the NFL, I think. Every time I watch him, I'm super impressed. Appreciate you. Check yourself. Some you good my rankings like that. That's what I'm here for. All right, there's our thoughts on the greatest regular season game we have ever witnessed. Um, I know it can't. I, it's hard to control or compare them to playoff games, but man, that was for regular season games. I cannot remember a game that was better than that at all on all levels. Um, so it was fun. Maybe we'll get a rematch. I think we have a couple scenarios for an amazing rematch. Like if the Saints I mean, played the be, Chiefs, would you feel even, bad about if that? We, Right, no, even if we don't get that, we get the Saints. Right, probably. I mean, if we don't get the Saints or the Rams in the NFC, I'll be real mad. Who else is there? Okay, if the Bears Bears yeah. ruin it for us, then. No, Bears are on that level, man. Come on. You think the Bears re- are on that level? Uh, no, I, I literally just said the words ruin it for us, John. Yeah, they're not. They can't be either of those teams. If it's not either one of those two teams. In the NFC, I'll be salty. Obviously, I'd love to see the Steelers in that game. But I think the Steelers could get some fireworks in that game, and they already did against playing the Chiefs early in the season. That was when the Steelers were completely lost. It's going to be Patriots-Bears. Oh, gosh. In the Super Bowl. But (laughs) Patriots-Steelers, any combination of Patriots-Steelers-Chiefs against those two teams, Saints or Rams, puts up points in the Super Bowl, and it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. Because there's a lot going on when they play each other, I think. so. It'll be good. All right, last question I'll ask you before I close the podcast. Who's the best team in the NFL right now? Saints. Agreed. You're smart, man. Good answer. I was wondering if recency bias would affect you, but you're correct. No, Rams are two. I would say Rams are two, Chiefs are three. But I would have told you that same order before the Monday Night Football game. Yes, I I would agree. There you have it, folks. Uh, the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast back in action. John Ledger and Trevor Sigma. Thank you guys for listening, as always. And until next time, keep it locked right here on Locked On NFL Draft.